the search for lizard people under the streets of L.A., a form of witchcraft that only men can use. And then we take a look at the story of Pierre Zanfretta, an Italian night watchman who claimed he was abducted by aliens multiple times over the course of two years. Why him? What did they want? And were they telling the truth when they said they'd come back? in large numbers, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day, too. I'd be having a better day if I didn't eat a bunch of carbs. I feel super gross and super tired and... Ugh. That's the one drawback to the keto diet when you go out with your friends and they're like, hey, let's go to let's go to Lake Taco, which is a really nice taco place if you're ever in Hood River and can find it. It's like in someone's backyard, but there's nothing there that I can really eat. So I go, oh, you know, I'll just get the burrito and then I've just felt grody all day long. Plus, I also gave up caffeine a couple days ago just because it was giving me really bad anxiety attacks, like really bad anxiety attacks. So I think it's the combination of all that bread in my stomach or tortilla to be exact. And the lack of caffeine, but I'm starting this episode like three or four hours later than I normally would. I've just been like, blah. I also went to Wikipedia and read every single entry. Well, I shouldn't say read. I browsed every single entry on missing people in the decade of the 2000s. So we're going to have some... I, I mean, I only there was probably like 40 or 50 there. I picked out five that were actually like interesting. Sorry, families of other missing people. I'm not... I... I, I not saying that your loss sucks, but there's certain traits that I look for when I'm looking for a good story to tell here. So again, sorry guys, if you if your missing loved one does not get selected for Dead Rabbit Radio, there's some really weird ones out there. Now our first story really is just a blurb. We're headed to Zimbabwe. Let's take the rabbit rowboat. It's been a long time since you broke this dude out. I grab an oar, you grab an oar, and I know it's a long way and we're headed across the wrong ocean, but... Let's row all the way from Los Angeles to Zimbabwe. I think Zimbabwe might be landlocked, I'm not for sure. But we can always carry the canoe. It's pretty light. We're rowing across the ocean. I read a bunch of stories about people disappearing at sea, too, so now I'm a little more cautious. But we we make it there. We make it there totally fine. We're now in Zimbabwe. So the year is 2011. A woman is taking a shower. Just a normal thing you do every day, hopefully. But she starts to feel something weird. She starts to feel like someone's in the shower with her, but nobody is. Nobody is in the shower with her. But she can feel movement around her body. It's not soap suds. It's something in the shower with her. And she starts to panic a bit. She can't figure it out. And then she begins to realize that somehow she's being violated. At that point, she looks out the window, and there was a man masturbating outside of her window. She calls the cops. The man runs away. Now, when the cops show up, they're talking to the woman. And she's like, listen, it was really weird. I was taking a shower. This dude was outside my window jacking off. Cops are all writing this down. And she goes, that was gross enough. But I don't know what happened. I had the weirdest sensation that he was actually in the shower with me. The two cops look at each other, and they're like, oh, no, 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 yeah, we know exactly what you're talking about. That's not weird at all. And the woman's like, what? What do you mean that's not weird at all? The cops are like, oh, yeah. You haven't heard about that? You must be new in town. 
It's called Mubo Bobo. Cops just totally unfazed writing it down. Mubo Bobo. What? What are you talking about? They're like, don't worry, we'll catch the guy. So what Mubo Bobo is, it's basically a form of witchcraft or magic that is practiced by men in Zimbabwe where they can basically sexually assault a woman without touching her. Now, whether or not this exists, I don't know. But there's been reports of it. That was one of them. The next year, also in Zimbabwe, and you may go, the dude was just being creepy, she just had a sixth sense, and she just kind of, her imagination ran wild. Possibly. Possibly. In 2012 in Zimbabwe, there was a civic building. It was This woman was waiting for her passport, so it was a populated building. They have, like, people working behind the counters. You have, like, little kids eating candy out of the little dish bowl. You have, like, a dog that just kind of wandered in, but it also needs a passport, so it figures it stays. It was a populated building. So this woman is just standing in line, middle of the day, public place, full of people, waiting to get her passport renewed, passes out. And when she wakes up, she's in a room full of people. She tells them, I've been raped. And everyone's like, what? Like, no, you. we just saw you fall down. And she's like, no, I've, I've been raped. So they call the cops. They, they call the ambulance, too, because this woman just passed out for no reason. But they get the investigators down there, and the investigators are like, she's saying the story. She was like, I stand in line. I was just waiting here to get my passport renewed. I pass out. I think someone raped me. And the cops are like, writing their notes. Look at each other, and they're like, yeah. She's like, so who did it? Which one of these people did it? And they're like, nobody did it. It was Mubo Bobo. What? Mubo Bobo. You got psychically raped. You might have felt like you were being raped, but it was all magic. And they start they start a full-blown investigation into the Mubo Bobo. They're, like, totally aware that it's a real thing. There's no skepticism. They're like, no, we know what we're dealing with. It's some sort of witchcraft. We're sorry that this happened to you. We're going to investigate it. So just like they would any sex crime, which I'm not, I'm not mocking them. I mean, if it's a real thing, they definitely do need to investigate it. I find it so bizarre that it's just so readily accepted. But it's a cultural thing. But anyways, so these cops, they open an investigation into what happened. It turns out other women at that building, the same thing had happened to them. They just never reported it. And there's been reports of an old man walking by the building every once in a while. And so the cops eventually say, you know what? This old man keeps walking by the building. These women are reporting that they're being attacked with magic, magically getting sexually assaulted. Let's go question him. They go question him, the six-year-old man. He admits, admits, yes, I've been walking by jacking off and raping these women psychically. He goes to jail. And they're like, case closed. So bizarre. Now, what's, what, I'm kind of incredulous about this whole story. Because, on the one hand, I don't think it's possible to do. But on the other hand, the authorities in this area know what it is to the point that they know how to investigate it. At no point were the police thinking, ah, she's just making it up. She's just making it up. The cops knew what to zone in on. The cops are like, oh, no, no, no. We're totally aware of this is a crime. It's psychic sexual assault. They shouldn't be doing this. We will go arrest them for jacking off 20 feet away from you and you not seeing it. And then them magically, like, molesting you. Super bizarre. 
But over there, they're like, nope, we know, we know what it is and how to deal with it. Again, I don't, I have a hard time believing that that is real. But if it is, how many times has that happened in other countries? And the police just wrote it off as hysteria or some weird fantasy or a delusion. And if it's true, what's to stop someone who's a practitioner of it from going to another country where they have no idea what it is and just becoming a psychic sexual predator? If someone told me that story, if someone told me that they were walking around in their bathroom and then all of a sudden they felt like they were psychically assaulted, I would think that there was something going on, like, depression-wise or anxiety-wise or something like that. At least that's what I would used to think. But now, I may think there may be a mubo-bobo practitioner. And it's completely bizarre for me to even think that that's a possibility because I don't think it's possible, but... There's a lot of people in law enforcement in Zimbabwe who do. But let's go ahead and move on to our last story here. Now, our last story is a weird one. And again, I have some mixed feelings about this one as well. But we're going to Italy. We're going to the boot-shaped country known as Italy. And we're going to join a night watchman on his nightly routines. A young man, probably in his 30s, named Pierre. Zanfretta. I guess 30s is still young. Kind of ruined my own intro with that. Pierre Zanfretta. Everything's young when you're 42, actually. But anyway, so so Pierre Zanfretta is out on his night watch. The year is 1978. It's December 6th. 6 with a TH. He's out on his nightly routine. He's doing his watch job. And he's driving through the countryside. And he sees a house. It's abandoned. But it is part of his duties to check on. He's driving along in his little car, wrong side of the road, steering wheel on the wrong side of the car. So it's lucky that he's even able to make it to the destination, but he does. He hops out of the car because he sees lights in the front yard of the house. And he goes, well, the house is supposed to be abandoned. It says on my list here, abandoned spooky house, lot 79. He's like, oh yeah, I got to check that out. He sees all, I'm so glad I'm done with the rape story so I can start making jokes again. He jumps out of his car and he goes to confront whatever burglars or teenagers or mafiosos are running around this house late at night. And instead, he finds an alien. But not just an alien, not a little weakling gray alien that you could just like break in half. You know, this guy, 10 feet tall. And and he he described it as having undulating skin. So its skin was like... And he either described it as either wearing a loose tunic, a big loose clothing, or extremely fat. Which, I mean, dude, I hit 350 pounds at my highest. I'm down to 270 now, but when I was 350 pounds, I wasn't undulating. Maybe if I was running downhill, but I don't think even then. But anyways, this guy was like, bloom, 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 bloom. That's not the noise he was making. That was his flesh. He was also hairy. He was greenish. Wasn't completely green, but he was greenish. He had large yellow triangular eyes, which to me would make me think it's wearing some sort of helmet. The easiest way, I I think whenever we talk about aliens, this is something a lot of people forget if they're making up aliens. As far as we know, there's basically two main places where eyes should be. Predators have their eyes in the front of their head, and prey have their eyes on the sides of their head. Which technically should tell you that a gray alien is much as like they're supposed to be like these hippy-dippy 
peaceful, earth-changing aliens, they're predators if their eyes are on the front of their head. But anyways, if it has large triangular eyes, I would assume it's wearing some sort of helmet. Red veins on its forehead that kind of bulged. And it had a device to help it breathe Earth's atmosphere, which again makes me think the whole head may have been some sort of plating. But anyways, that's not what Pierce said. Pierce said it was just this giant alien dude hanging out in the front yard. He totally freaks out, obviously. He runs to his car and sees a triangle, now a triangle-shaped UFO hovering above his car. And he feels it, like, blast him and his car with a wave of heat. He radios in to his co-workers. And a bunch of his co-workers, also night watchmen, come out. The, the UFO beats feet. It totally gets out of there. But his co-workers show up. And they report that the top of the car was steaming. Because it was so cold outside, but all of a sudden it was heat with, hit with this heat blast. And they even said Pierce's clothes were warm to the touch. Why are they touching him? Did they all show up and give him hugs and high fives? Like, when's the last time you've walked up to your male coworker and and rubbed their clothing? Even if they were in a traumatic event, I don't think I'd be like, oh yeah, let me feel your shirt. Oh yeah, you know, you're doing fine, buddy. You're doing good. But apparently they all rubbed they rubbed his clothes and said, It's quite warm, buddy. But anyways, this becomes a huge news story. Huge news story in Italy. And during the course of the investigation, they find out that 50 other people in the area reported seeing UFO activity. No one else saw what he saw. No one saw the alien. But up to 50 people in the area said they also saw lights in the sky that night. Becomes a huge news story. People don't believe him. And you know, the standard stuff, especially back in the 70s and 80s and 60s and 50s, really, and 40s, they didn't believe you when you talked about aliens. Nowadays, you you know, you'd probably get more credibility, but back then, it just wasn't the case. He ended up volunteering to go under hypnosis. He volunteered to take a truth serum, and under, which is sodium pentothal, which a lot of people debate whether or not that's actually a truth serum, but in other countries, it can be used in court cases. So, they used it over there. He underwent hypnosis, and both times, he pretty much repeated the same story. But people still had a hard time believing that actually happened. But that was on December 6th. On December 23rd, so what is that, like two, three weeks later? Pierre Zanfretta, driving his car late at night at work. I'm surprised he went back to work, but apparently this guy really needed the money. I would just say, can you switch him to the day shift? But anyways, he's driving his car late at night, doing his job. Car gets hit with a beam of light. Next thing Pierre Zanfretta knows, he's just sitting in his car. Doesn't know what happened. Calls in for backup. So at this point, his buddies come back out there. They're rubbing his clothes again. And they notice something. His gun has been fired and five rounds are missing from his gun. And then he remembers, I believe he remembers this through hypnosis as well. When the beam of light hit his car, he went to up to the UFO, fired five shots into the, into the alien spacecraft, and was told at that time the aliens wanted to keep him. But he says, you can't keep me, you're not human, I have a family, you have to let me go. And then he's back in the car. And again, when his uh, co-workers show up, the top of his car is steaming again, and they did notice that five rounds were fired out of his gun. It's not like that's the first thing they checked, but you know, when they're doing the investigation, they realize that the gun has five spent shells in it. So, again, people are like, oh my god, this happened to you twice? Like, what's going on here? And he's like, I know, man, it's so crazy, and this time I like open fire, but they couldn't do nothing because I had my gun, and they wanted to keep me, and People are like, ah, it's kind of weird, Pierre, that this keeps happening to you. And he's like, yeah, it's a crazy world, isn't it? But he goes on with his job. He goes on with his life. 
1979, July 23rd. He's driving a motorcycle now. He's learned his lesson. Don't be driving cars because aliens want to get you. He's driving his motorcycle through a remote area in Italy. It's at nighttime. He goes missing. Never radios in. People can't figure out where he's at. Vanishes. Two hours later, he's found towards this place called Mount Fasci, which I would recommend changing the name of that mountain. But anyways, he's found at a, or I could be pronouncing it wrong, but Mount Fasci is in Italy, apparently, and he's found near that. And people and people are like, how'd you get there? And he's like, I don't know. I was driving my motorcycle in this totally unrelated area, and then I ended up at Mount Fasci. And they're like, don't say that name. And he's like, sorry. But people in the area, because Mount, <laughs> Mount Fasci was in, a more, in another remote area, and people who lived out there said, we would have heard the motorcycle coming down the road. Somehow he got here. Without making a noise. People are like, did you think you got abducted by aliens again? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just was here. I just disappeared for a couple hours. So now it's December 2nd, 1979. And you might start picking up on a pattern here. And I kind of did when I was researching this. But it's December 1979, December 2nd. He goes missing again. He's out on the job. He just vanishes. And so his boss is like, oh, great. Where's, let me guess, Pierce taken by the aliens again. People are like, I don't know. You want us to go search for him? The boss is like, yeah, go. He'll probably show up at some inappropriately named mountain. That'll be the end of it. He'll say aliens or ghosts or whatever. Just go, 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 go get him. So four, four of his coworkers go driving out there to see him, find him, hopefully. And a giant light flies over their car. And one dude gets out of the car and starts shooting at the UFO, which I I have to admit, these guys are acting fairly appropriately as far as alien abduction goes. I would open fire as well. But they end up firing them. The UFO flies away after the gunshots. They're like, oh man, we didn't know this was a bad side of Italy. They they fly off. And they end up finding Pierre. And Pierre's like groggy. He's like, I don't know what happened, guys. I was just went missing from my job for a while. They're like, dude, a UFO showed up. And he's like, yeah, get used to it. But that story has a bit of a sad ending because apparently, well, according to the reports I read, one of the four guards in the car killed himself a few months later. Now, the article said he couldn't deal with what had happened that night with the UFO, so he killed himself. He may have been having other underlying issues as well. That's kind of a leap of logic. But one of the four guards that did encounter that UFO, one of them did kill themselves, so... But I don't know if it was related to the UFO. It may have been. I don't know. Maybe he was the one who fired the gun. It wasn't too specific. But again, Pierre was disappeared and found again. They had pretty much the same set of circumstances. That was December 2nd, 1979. The very next night, December 3rd, the very next night, Pierre is filling up his car at a gas station. And an alien, he's, he's just, if, if this story is true, this dude cannot get a moment's rest. Imagine the night before, alien craft not only abducting you and wiping your memory clean, but harassing your coworkers. And then the next night you're pumping your gas, and you look up and there is an alien, which he describes as having an, it was a smaller alien, an egg-shaped head, wearing a checkered suit, like body armor, standing across the street being like, hey, come here. Come here, come here, Pierre, Pierre, come here. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And you're like trying to pump your gas and you see this weirdo in the bushes being like, come on, come on, come on. And Pierre said that he couldn't resist it. He couldn't resist the Eggman. 
But for so he wanted to go over and talk to him, but for some reason he gets into his car. Maybe he was far across the road. He had to drive, or maybe Pierre is just incredibly lazy. But he gets in his car. He drives. He drives into a cloud, and then the whole car gets abducted. So now Pierre is standing in a UFO or sitting in his car in a UFO, and all these aliens are walking around. It's at that time they he remembers this. They go, "We're going to give you a tour. We're going to let you know a little bit about us." Now these aliens come from the planet. Titonia in the third galaxy. And Pierre's like, that sounds totally made up. And the alien's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't name the planet, but that's what it's called. Titonia in the third galaxy. There was a giant vat, like a sci-fi vat, which is what you would expect on a UFO. You wouldn't expect like a mason jar, but there's a sci-fi vat. And in it is this frog humanoid just kind of floating in the in the like the water like like a like a um, formaldehyde thumb or something like that just floating there and the titonian alien says that see that frog monster in there floating around in that formaldehyde he's like yeah that's really disgusting he's like yeah i know those are our most hated enemies those are who we are at war with and he's like that and he's like yeah yeah that ugly little man so apparently these these 10 foot tall dudes with triangular eyes are scared of a bunch of like uh, little frog people or even a human sized frog person it's still a frog it's not super scary but anyways and then he's like yeah come on come on he he could tell Pierre wasn't too impressed with the frog monster in the vat he goes here i want to give you this so the alien then hands Pierre a pyramid and says take this this relic will let you know everything you want to know about everything. Pierre's like, that's kind of general. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I kind of trailed off there. But it's a device that will open your mind so you will finally understand your guys' place in the universe and all this stuff. And we want you to give it to someone specific. His name is Dr. Alan Hynek. Now, Dr. Alan Hynek was a astronomer and a huge UFOologist back in the time. It's kind of lame for an alien to give you a device saying that it's going to open your mind to new pathways and then ask you to deliver it to somebody else. Because basically they're saying, yeah, you're cool enough to abduct, but you're not cool enough to use this pyramid power. So could you give it to someone smarter than you? But anyway, so then they basically tell Pierre that. You'd be awesome if you came with us, but we asked you to do that once and you said, no, you have a family. So is that still the deal? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still married. still happily married, got kids and stuff like that. Alien's like, okay. I want to let you know something. We're here to stay. We're actually bringing more members of our species here. Meow. Pierre's back on Earth. His whole car, apparently, because he didn't report the car stolen. So he's sitting back on Earth in his car holding this alien artifact, this pyramid, that he's supposed to deliver to Dr. Alan Hynek. So he tells this tale this time that he got abducted. He's like, guys, I got a story for you, and everyone at work is so bored of this stuff. They're like, dude, just last night we bailed you out of one of these nonsense events. He's like, I know, man, but I was pumping gas. This little egg-shaped guy was whispering from across the street. They're like, Pierre, come on, man, I'm tired. And he's like, this time they gave me a magical pyramid that will open our minds. The cops are like, really? Well, show it to me. And he's like, no, I buried it. Buried it in the middle of nowhere. Weren't you supposed to give it to someone? He's like, yeah, 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 I was supposed to give it to this UFOologist, but... I figured I'd bury it. And they're like, oh, Pierre, whatever. People are super tired of his nonsense, whether or not it's true. This guy keeps getting abducted. Now he's given proof from aliens 
And that's what he said. People have asked him, hey, what happened to the pyramid? He goes, oh, no, no, I buried it in the middle of nowhere. So anyways, that should be the end of the story of Pierre. But the next year, it's Valentine's Day. He goes missing again. Just shows back up a couple hours later. Oh, man, I got abducted by aliens. It's been two months since the last time I was able to tell this story. Now, listen, you can I think you can tell from my glibness that I yeah. either one of two things happen. He made the whole thing up 100 percent of it. He made it all up. And I think there's an interesting pattern to the events. Most of them take place in December. So the first one takes place two days before Christmas. Three of them take place the first week of December. Then we have one in uh, July 23rd, and then we have one on Valentine's Day. I think this guy was skipping out on events. I think this guy was forgetting his anniversary, and this was his excuse. That might sound ridiculous, but that is Occam's razor. That is the most plausible answer, that this guy was, he either had a problem he was hiding alcoholism and he would just be laying among a bunch of bottles and they'd be like hey Pierre, where are you at and he's like oh man i just got abducted don't give me the breathalyzer he was having an affair would be another reason to disappear for hours at a time skipping out on important holidays or your wife's anniversary or valentine's day those are all possibilities as well so it's possible that the whole thing is made up hypnosis and truth serums can be faked and they can be led on by the investigators There's a possibility that the first event was true and that the publicity got to him. All of a sudden, he went from being this night watchman to being interviewed for all these newspapers. And then he had to prove the story. And then he kept the story going and introduced other characters and subplots and stuff like that and magical devices. As the season went on, he had to keep up in the ante. That's possible. I've seen some articles saying this guy was a normal man and he actually hid from the publicity. He didn't want the publicity, but he kept doing interviews and he submitted to the hypnosis and he submitted to the truth serum and stuff like that. So obviously he wanted to prove himself. He could have just said, yeah, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't want to talk about it and go on because that's how a lot of people deal with UFO abduction stuff. It happens to them. It really happens to them. They either don't tell anyone or they just tell a few people and they leave it at that. What I think is weird, what what my read on it is, is I think he was faking it, but the four other guards who shot at the spacecraft weren't. Get this. Think about this. You're running a scam. You come up with the perfect fraud. You're going to cash in on all this UFO nonsense. And you know the perfect way to do it. You're a night watchman. You're out in the middle of nowhere all by yourself. You go out, you disappear, you call up your buddies and say, oh my God, I just got abducted by aliens. It becomes a big news story and you get addicted to the fame and you do it again. Oh my God, you won't believe what just happened. Aliens. You get more of that fame, more of that publicity. And you keep this scam going. You're fooling everyone, your spouse, your kids, the media, your coworkers, your boss. And then one night when you're in the middle of a field laughing because you know you're going to pull another one of these scams, you got your car pulled to the side of the road, you're hiding, and you see your coworker's car coming down that abandoned road where you know they're going to start looking for you, and you're sitting there in the dark just having a good laugh, drinking some Italian wine, 
And all of a sudden, you see a beam appear above their car. And you hear a gunshot. It's interesting because his explanation really for what happened on October 2nd when his co-workers saw the UFO and fired at it was really, I don't remember what happened. And then the very next night, he has this super detailed story about the egg alien and the whole car getting abducted in the cloud and the evil alien empire and this magical device and all this stuff. The very next night, after his coworkers go, dude, we saw it, and Billy over here opened fire on it, and I think he made it up, and I think he kept that scam going and going and going until his lies became true for his coworkers. I don't think he was ever abducted by aliens. But I think one of his co-workers put a bullet hole in a UFO. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. 